morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to episode 31 of the Cloudcast. We're coming to you live from our massive Cloudcast studios, and today I'm joined by Cloudcast veteran Mike Foley. Mike, uh, product architect at RSA, great to have you back on the show. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Uh, tell us what you're doing these days. We, we got together at VMworld last fall. We were talking about security in a vCloud director context. What are you doing these days? So my, my role's kind of um, two roles. I'm, one, I'm working for the CTO of the technical marketing organization of RSA, and I do uh, stuff like this. I uh, do presentations at conferences and white papers and so forth. And then my other part of the role is uh, on the product architecture team in being the resource for all of the RSA, develop, RSA development teams around virtualization and coming up with new and interesting ways of of not just running on top of VMware, but starting to leverage virtualization as a security tool. Okay, cool. So you're still, tan, still staying very technical. You're still involved with architecture, but you're also out evangelizing stuff, talking about it, helping people get it done. So yeah, very, evangelist with dirty hands. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. So, you know, one of the topics that came up this year when we asked folks what they wanted to hear was talk to me about mobile devices, talk to me about where that whole space is going, whether it's uh, you know, mobile devices in the consumer world, or you know, in most people's cases, they want to know for their for their enterprise business, their government. So I thought today we would we would try and do a couple of things. One, uh, we're gonna you and I are gonna talk a little bit about security for virtual desktops, and we can kind of define what that means. And we're gonna yep. talk about you know a, a end user environment, how to secure that. And then the other thing we're gonna do, which is gonna be new for this one, is uh, we're gonna do the podcast. We're gonna talk for a little while, and then we're gonna do. Uh, sort of the the video equivalent of this. So we've always been, you know, how do we blend good technical discussion, technical topics, but it's hard sometimes to visualize it. So we're gonna we're gonna jump in front of the whiteboard. We're gonna break the video camera out. So if you're listening to this tomorrow or whenever, uh, be sure to go to the website or go to Mike's blog. We're gonna cross post this on like the RSA website, a couple of different places. You'll be able to see us walk through this from a whiteboard perspective as well. So hopefully you guys like both formats. Um, let's jump into this a little bit. Let's let's sort of start with a really basic concept. So when uh, a lot of times when people talk about virtual desktops, whatever that definition means, whether it's a you know VDI in one vendor sense or it's a end user computing in another vendor sense, I mean we're talking about sort of emulating a desktop, right? And for a little while the the t- discussion was like uh, you can save money by doing this. It's easier to operate and minister. Um, more so the discussions coming around to maybe that's not where the cost savings are, the value is. It's really about centralizing my data, and if the data is centralized, maybe then it's more secure. Let, let's start there. Is that true? Is that a sort of a myth? I mean, what, 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 what does that really mean if I centralize it's more secure? Yeah, I, I kind of called this out in my um, blog article uh, from a week or so ago where you know, a lot of people who started off with their VDI kick-the-tires projects – began to realize that the the cost savings weren't as easy as servers. Right. You know, where I take 100 servers, I condense that down onto 10 boxes. I've now saved 90 servers worth of electricity and AC. And, you know, the finance guy thinks I'm a hero and right. everyone's wondering where, where the money's going and everything else. VDI is not like that at all. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's all about the user experience. And if the user experience is slow and or perceived as slow or not working quite right or just a little bit funky, someone's going to say no. Right. 
right? And if you get enough people saying no or one big person saying no, next thing you know, the project has failed. Right. So to sort of fix that, we introduce these other technologies. You know, it's, it's 10 gigabit to the server. It's, it's caching technologies and storage or SSD. Or, and, and while those create the right you know, sort of user experience, they're not, they're not cheap, right? No. I mean, they're, they're far more expensive than the $50 hard disk you had in your desktop. Right. The, so, the initial outlay starts racking up some serious cost. Right. Whereas with virtualization, I was saving money. The perception is with VDI, I'm spending money, and no one likes to be on that side of the fence. Right, right. So the, the shift seems to be, okay, what's, what's the other cost, operational cost of, of running a desktop? Um, and it starts getting into things like uh, what happens when data gets lost? What happens when people lose devices? And what happens when you... Uh, you know, have to refresh things. I mean, that's that's where the sort of the security governance uh, overall cost savings play comes into into the picture, right? Yeah, the, those those are the items that never really show up on a budget, right? Right. Yeah. Who the, owns the, that? The, who owns that? Who owns that responsibility? Or where on the budget item did I say by adopting this new security? Oh, I hate this word, but paradigm. Uh, I'm I'm now starting to not have to worry about bad things happening as much. Right. Therefore, I don't have to budget for that. Those things aren't, aren't done right. at, like, at the finance level. Right. It's like thinking about IT insurance or something like that. It's just yeah. not on the IT guy's mind. It, 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 or, the, or the finance guy. Yeah. 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 Okay. So there's a possibility that, that security, and you and I were talking about this offline. I mean, I think what you're saying is there's a possibility that Security, which is typically sort of an afterthought in a lot of cases for you know whether that's the right thing or the wrong thing, could actually be the driver for folks who feel like I, you know I need a better way to manage my my end user computing environment. Is that sort yeah of right? Yeah, I, I've ex- I've explained this to a number of folks uh, at, at EMC who are especially on the V specialist team where they're talking to customers regularly about these large VDI rollouts. I I talked with one uh, last week. 8,500 users being moved into a VDI environment. Wow. Um, it's just, and the numbers are not in the hundreds. They're on every single deal I'm hearing is in the thousands to tens of thousands, right? And as they're going through the deal, you know, you're, you're hearing the, the, you know, the, the mumbles of, wow, is, is this going to cost us some money and so on and so forth. And, for the first time, I, I tell them for the first time in, in probably the IT security industry, looking at this from an IT security standpoint and the things that I can do with VDI could be the actual tipping point forward rather than backwards. Right. Traditionally, it's we get to a point where everyone's on board and the security guy comes in and says no, and that jinxes the whole deal, right? right and he's right. the bad guy. Yeah. Whereas if looked at correctly and, and understanding the capabilities and getting the right tools in place, it's the security guy going, why are we, why are we not moving to this? Right, right. Okay, cool. So let's, let's, let's spread this out a little. Let's, let's make the, pic, the picture a little bit bigger. So let's say we've got uh, an environment that's sort of being architected for VDI, right? So you've, mm-hmm. got a set of end, you've got a set of endpoints, whatever those might be. The network in between that, the servers that are going to be hosting either a full virtual desktop or some sort of emulation of an application, right? And then the, the storage that sits behind that, however that's delivered. You know, it could be a SAN, could be DAS, could be whatever, right? Lots of moving pieces there. 
if you're a if you're a security architect and you're looking at that, where are the red flag the sort of the immediate red flags to look and say I gotta I gotta address security here I gotta address security I mean obviously you want to look at it holistically but where where are the four or five points in that that immediately jump to mind? Well, so from the standpoint of the virtual disk drive within the Windows Seven VM, you know you already have the built-in isolation at at the at at the VMware level in that my VM can't mount your disks. That's an admin type of right. okay. thing, right? Yeah. So you you, so, you now have that isolation. So it's not like you can walk into my cube and take physical possession of my laptop yep. and root my laptop, Okay. right? So you now no longer really have to worry about that. Where the, where the isolation really happens is at the network level, okay. right? So should I be talking to you? Should our VMs have any type of open network connection. So that starts going into more of a, um, a, a firewall type of issue or an isolation type of issue. Okay. And those are things that things like uh, VMware vShield and, and Cisco's uh, security gateway can really start to bring in isolation okay. so that if you're the server and I'm the VM, the only port that we really need to communicate over if when I want to access that application is 443. Right. I can isolate you right down. So what I like to call this is that shrinking those windows of vulnerability. Okay. Right? It's a, you only need to get at what you need to get at. And this really starts boiling back into the bringing the security guy in up front. Yep. Because this is just as important from a network design standpoint, a storage design standpoint. This is now a security design standpoint. Okay. And you want to make sure that you have... If you're going to leverage these capabilities of products like VShield, you want to make sure that the network guys understand it and the security guy has the right input into how it's all architected. Okay. So, so isolation sort of or a, a form of isolation is probably the starting point. What, what yeah. do I want to talk to what? Where do I sort of want to apply policies for, for types of isolation, either application or and Let's talk a little bit more about the things beyond that. So how do I do things like essentially sort of proactive monitoring? How do I make sure that the right, the wrong data didn't go to the wrong device? How do right. I track and log that if, uh, if a laptop got lost that it didn't have sensitive – like how do I – you know, what, what's in place? How do I make sure sensitive data doesn't get yeah, onto like the what, Yeah, what's in place around the – you know, where did data go? How do I know it's there? How do I, you know, do auditing and all that kind of yeah, stuff? Yeah, so with, with everything running – um, as VMs, you now have a lot more visibility into what's going on. So okay. with, with vShield, I can isolate by groups that align with business needs, not necessarily security needs, right? Okay. So I can, I can isolate in, in the case of uh, um, a large uh, college campus, I can isolate faculty from students, yep. right? Uh, or I could isolate lab from lab, say one lab's being funded by one company, another lab's being funded by another. Yeah. They really need to be isolated. But how do I then start to figure out about visibility? Well, all because I'm doing all of this stuff at the virtual layer, I can prove that my VM was not in the wrong place. Um, I can use technologies like... Uh, data loss prevention, whether it's the built-in data loss prevention for, from VShield, which is actually RSA's engine that's been right, licensed, right. or I could use RSA's da uh, data loss prevention or other vendors' data loss prevention, uh, I can now start to understand what's been touched. So 
give me a list of all Word documents that were o opened by that user. Okay. Now I can then start to say, I can limit the ability, I can do a brute force limit the ability of being able to plug in a USB stick into my virtual desktop. Okay. Or with DLP technologies, I can say only the iron key encrypted stick is allowed to be plugged into that. Okay. So I'm insured, and I have a record of all of this, I'm insured of if someone copies a very sensitive Excel spreadsheet with tens of thousands of, of user records on onto an iron key, I can at least say it's, I can at least prove that yes, someone copied that off of the virtual desktop yep. onto a USB stick that was encrypted using a corporate encryption scheme. Okay. And does that, does that type of concept where it's like, I, I know where data went, I sort of know who touched it, how they touched it, does that apply to even simple things like printing? I mean, can I, oh, sure. can I prevent people from printing sensitive data? I mean, all those sort of things. Sure. And, um, and I'll, and I'll post a video, um, on, on my blog okay. uh, after we've, we've done this of this whole thing actually happening in action. Okay. And the way it would work is I can, my data loss prevention technology will scan all these documents mm -hmm. and if it finds a document that contains credit card information, I can apply policies such that uh, me in engineering, if I open this document, I'm not allowed to, pub I'm not allowed to print it. Okay. Or I'm only allowed to print it to a printer that's in a locked room. Gotcha. You know, um, and that's where the whole design aspect really starts to come in. You've really got to spend some time and figure out how you're going to map out all these things so you can really take advantage of them. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, when that laptop is stolen, I can now print out a report to the auditor that says, look, Mike's laptop was stolen. Yes, he has access to sensitive information, but nowhere in this audit trail did he ever copy that information onto his laptop. Okay. So now you have less of a worry of having to do things like encrypting laptops uh, or, or, or even worrying about what device Mike used to log in because you can prove that sensitive data never got onto his device. Okay. Therefore, you don't have to report it. Gotcha, gotcha. So you avoid some of these things like... Disc and you know local disk encryption, which tends to drive people crazy. It kills only only, only or... thirty percent of companies use local disk encryption. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, um, so let's 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 sort of move from some of the technology. So so it sounds to me like uh, lots of ways if if it's done right to make sure that um, we can secure it in terms of isolation, make sure the data goes to the right place. Let's let's talk about the other side of these these transformations, which is not the technology, but like the people and the process, yeah. like. Give me an example. Give me both, maybe a, a you know pro and a or like a good example and a bad example. You've dealt with a lot of folks who've tried to deploy virtual desktops, right? Obviously, you're talking to people. Yep. Um, Security is a, a piece of that. Give me an example, good example, best practice of of getting security involved and, and when, like who is, who drove it, when it happened, and then an example of sort of bad and, and the, the, the output of it, like, you know, names to protect the innocent. But like people always, you know, the question I always get from people is like. All right, great. I get all the technology, but like, how do I how do I drive this change? Like, it seems like it's helpful, but how do I drive the change? Like, what what, what can people look for out there? Well, EMC has is has taken on a very large VDI rollout. Okay. Right. Um, it started with a few hundred people. Like, I was on the list of probably the first couple of hundred, and I've been using it now for almost two years. Okay, so so EMC IT, the corporation, yes. big 
big company. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and they see the advantage from a security standpoint. Okay. Um, around VDI, I don't have any specific stories around the things that have gone bad, but from what I've heard from people that have told me, um, it's been more around the end user experience that really tanks a VDI rollout, not necessarily a security thing, because the the couple of hundred seat kick the tires, securities, traditionally securities always brought in at the end. Someone wakes up the security guy and says, okay, make it secure. for those type of POCs, proof of concepts, security is rarely involved. Yeah, they're t- they're typically trying to. They're val- done under they're, the radar. They're validating cost and end user experience, right? Right. That's, okay. Right. That so they're they're really done under the radar, and next thing you know, they're rolling out eight thousand seats, and then they tell okay. the security guy, "Yeah, oh, we're doing this, and we need to have it up and running next quarter." Right, and you you hope. The architecture they proved it on is somewhat similar, so you can insert the right way. You hope, and, yeah, you hope. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so, sort of last question, and then we're gonna we're gonna jump over to the video or the the, the whiteboard. Um, so, we talked a bunch about like uh, Windows type of environments, right? Like creating a virtual desktop for Windows, but right. a bunch of people, you know, the buzzword might be BYOD, bring your own device. But in essence, it's you know, there's a lot of uh, Apple devices, iOS devices, Android devices, or you know, RIM devices, or what you know. Like, how do those fit into this picture? Is are the same tools used if, you know, if I was using VMware in Windows or Citrix in Windows as I would be for a, you know, an iPad? Yeah. So if you look at say the two major VDI deployments are VMware View and Citrix. Right. Um, at the end of the day, it's a VM running on a hypervisor. Okay. In both of those cases, you can gather a huge amount of information as to what's going on and what's affecting that VM and, okay. and who's moving VMs and changing VMs, so on and so forth. So you can get great audit trails around that. With vShield licensing RSA's DLP uh, engine, you can set up uh, groups and then apply policies to the groups and therefore be able to manage things at a group level, providing consistency and and, uh, and easier management. Um, I'm not familiar enough with the Citrix side to know if if they have that type of capability. So uh, similar types of concept. I mean, the design principles are probably very similar. They're very, very similar, and you can apply a lot of this, the same technologies, whether it's a DLP running at the hypervisor level or a DLP running as an agent within the VM. Okay. You can do gotcha. combinations gotcha. thereof. Okay. Um, the For the end-user device, the BYOD device, the bring-your-own-device to work, um, you know, we're sitting here. We both have MacBook Airs. We both have iPhones. Right. We probably own them. EMC right. doesn't. Right. We're breaking all sorts of rules. Yeah. Actually, uh, you're, you're, actually, EM, EMC IT is is okay with it. Okay. Cool. Right. Um, but you know, for the the typical IT guy, they're looking. They they look, and I had a great uh, Twitter uh, go around right bef- about two hours before I got here. Uh, about this, trying to convince this particular guy that he's thinking of it using old school okay. rather than secure the endpoint and move up is secure the interface, secure the virtual machine, the source, and the source, and ensure the data doesn't go down. Okay, right. And so, really, what you're getting at the end of the day for those guys who who were around in the '80s and '90s is a glorified X Windows terminal. Really? Yeah. And and it's 
your, your Mac or your iPhone or Android device really become nothing more than a display device that has a keyboard, a mouse, and a display right. connected to your, your remote desktop. So your, the number of places you now have to secure are a lot less. So really the only secure channel between my Mac and my virtual desktop when I'm at home is PC over IP. Right. Okay. Which is an encrypted 256-bit AES encrypted gotcha. stream. Yep. Yep. Right. Yep. Or if I'm using uh, RDP over HTTPS, I can use even larger right. encryption streams. And because I can apply group policies at the VMs and say no USB devices can be plugged in, or only using DLP, only these type of devices can be plugged in. Right. I don't have to worry about, and I can turn off mapping of my local drive to my virtual system, I don't have to worry about bad stuff migrating off of a fully malware-infested home PC that my 15-year-old has um, migrating up into the virtual environment. Whereas with VPNs, it's, oh, I'm just going to log in with the VPN and all bets are off. So the only network connection from my Mac or my laptop or my home PC is just a display connection. Gotcha. And I've limited all of the quasi-physical connections around USB. There's less to worry about. Right. It's not to say that it's free and clear and everyone go. Exactly. But you've really narrowed down that window of vulnerability. Okay. Um, so last question, and this is sort of a <laughs> futures thing, and I'm not sure if you're if you're kind of... So we talked a bunch about sort of emulating legacy applications or, you know, Windows applications, and we talked about, you know, VDI on, a, on an end device. What, what's the thinking? Not so much, you know, I'm not looking for roadmaps. Like, what's the general thinking in the security community where you say, well, what, what, what happens when I stop doing VDI and I'm just using, like, a native iPad app or a native Android app, but, but the company says, hey, that's, that's the device you like, or a doctor says, this is the device I like. Is the same type of security going to going to apply to that, or is it is it radically going to change? Or have people started thinking, even not really thinking about that yet. Well, yeah. Do I do I write a native app on the on the endpoint, right. or do I leverage VDI type of capabilities? Boy, that's a. I think you're going to see a measure of both. Yeah. And what you're going to see from a security standpoint is maybe. I really don't want to have anything on that iPad. Yeah. Like, for example, last year I talked to a customer. 11,000 potential seats. 7,000 of those are, were going to be road warriors who go out and talk with, you know, Joe, Joe Public about Whatever their stuff. Yeah. Um, and they wanted to get away from them carrying around laptops with sensitive data. You know, they're going into mom and pop's house and they're typing in all yeah. sorts of different bits of personal information. They said, can we use an iPad and just connect it to a VDI session back in the data center? Right. So that if the iPad is lost, well, just go to the Apple store and go get another one. Right, right. And expense it. So... It's it's going to be interesting. Probably. It's going to be in, it's going to be in, what's really going to be interesting is what is Microsoft going to do about this? Yeah. Right? Are they going to start writing applications that run on Windows but when they when they're displayed onto a, a pad they use the native they, touch, they use they the native like touch and feel yeah. even though they're actually hosted remotely. Right. And this kind of brings into 
you know, where are things going with VMware's app speed? I mean, not app speed, uh, app blast. Right, where it's like native right. HTML5, where I just like HTML5. Yeah, yeah, I just I just click on a, a link on a, an application on my iPad, and next thing you know, Microsoft Excel comes up. Right, right. And it's not Microsoft Excel running on the iPad. It's Microsoft Excel running on my VDI session back yep. over the link. Now I don't have to push down as much information and... It, 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 yeah, this and the whole technology. The whole technology cycle starts over again. Of like, now I've got a new device, a new sort of user experience. The apps will catch up, and then security will have you to know, catch up. And you know, you know what it is is the, this industry really goes in cycles. So yeah. we had a cycle of, you know, everything was centralized into the mainframe. Right. Then everything was expanded out with the the mini computer age which was then further expanded out with the PC. Right. And guess what? We're now, we're now moving all back to centralized compute. And you're seeing this with cloud. Yeah, we had to exactly. mention cloud somewhere in this conversation. <laughs> um, you're seeing that with cloud where everything's migrating back into data centers and I'm just accessing things over a lightweight connection. Right, right. Well, very cool. Well, uh, Mike, uh, as always, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thanks um, for having me. We're out of time for today. So, uh, folks, you can follow us on Twitter at thecloudcast.net or, of course, reach us on the web where we'll have both the podcast and the whiteboard video posted. Um, you can send us uh, email. We'll have links to the show. We'll have links to Mike's blog and his Twitter feed. Um, one last thing. Where can folks find you over the next, I don't know, a couple months at trade shows or events if they just want to sit down and talk uh, technology and yeah, VDI with so you? I'll be at VMware PEX next week, cool. uh, flying out Sunday. Um, I'll be there all week. I'll be in the EMC booth if you want to find me. Okay. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Mike Foley, F-O-L-E-Y. Uh, you can find me at my blog, Y-E-L-O-F, which is Foley spelled backwards, dot com. And uh, I'll be home for a week, and then I'm off at the RSA conference out in San Francisco cool, for a that. week. And then the first week of April, I will be at the InfoSec conference down in Orlando. Okay, cool. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, have a great week. Mm-hmm.